All right, so we all know we all know what's coming up on Thursday. That's correct, right? Right. For some, it's about football. For some, it's about eating way too much and football. Some of us just about eating way too much. But we know it's Thanksgiving, and so obviously I was thinking about that whole thought of, of thankfulness. And so I want to share just a few, uh, few scriptures with you to kind of get us in the mood of being thankful. All right? O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful no- noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. And that's why we start out by singing. That's why we start out with songs and making joyful noises before the Lord. We do it with thanksgiving. It says, enter his gates, it says, with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. So we enter in to, when we come to church, we come in with thanksgiving. And so this morning I want to talk to you out of the book of Colossians. So if you have a Bible... If you have a Bible, go to the New Testament of the Bible, right? That's kind of um, two-thirds of the way through. Just peel it open. Look for uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then it uh, goes Acts and Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Okay? And so this is a letter uh, written by Paul, because you see at the very beginning it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in, the, in uh, Christ at Colossae. So he's writing a letter to the church, and he is encouraging them. And in this book, it's interesting that there are three different versions of thanksgiving, of the word thanksgiving, or being thankful, or being grateful. Three different versions. And so we'll, we'll, we'll look at that here in just a minute. The theme of this book is the lordship of Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And by him and through him, all things were created for him. Okay? All things created for him. Which, by the way, you were a created being, and the reason that you exist is for him okay him with a capital h that's the reason why you're born it's the reason why god breathed life his breath into your lungs is is for him and it says that jesus is sufficient to meet all of our needs in every area of our life jesus is enough do you believe that today i mean deep down in the core of who you are do you believe that jesus is enough we we bank everything on that thought right there that jesus is enough and that is that is what we preach is that christ is enough so when you think about thankfulness for just that fact alone we should live in a constant state of gratitude just a constant state of gratitude jesus is enough like no matter what else is going on around me jesus is all i need now, obviously, there are other things that we need, and there are other things that we are thankful for, and we can all address those issues. We can all talk about those. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to give you a heads up right now. I want you to be thinking about what are the things that you're the most grateful for, and then at the end of the service, part of the invitation time, part of our response time at the end, is I want to know what those things are. What are you thankful for? 
And it, there's a lot of similar, there's a lot of things that are going to be the same. There's a lot of carryover, you know, thankful for our family. I'm thankful for food. I'm thankful for oxygen, you know, I'm thankful for the car that I drove in to get here. I'm thankful for a bed to sleep in last night. And I think about that every single time I lay my head down at night. I think about, man, there are people in this, there are people in our community right here in Platte City that don't have their own bed to sleep in. And they might have somewhere to sleep, but it's not their own bed. It's not their own space. And I'm thankful for that. But that, that is kind of surface level thankfulness that doesn't really reach deep into the heart of what it is we're going to talk about today. So I want to talk about three different words that kind of describe the word, the thought of being thankful or grateful, okay? And it comes, actually, the root word of all three of these words is Eucharist. And have, you, have you heard the phrase Eucharist before? If you've grown up, if you grew up in the Catholic faith, then you've probably heard that word before, where it's the, the uh, celebration of or the sacrament of the body and the blood of Jesus. It's, it's remembering and being grateful for and, th- and being thankful for the body and blood of Jesus. So in this particular book, we're going to find three different versions of this word. The first one is eucharisteo, okay? So I'm just going to make it easy for you. We're going to go with the last few letters of the word. It's going to be steo, stia, and stas, Okay? Steo, stia, and stas. But it all comes from the root eucharisteia or eucharistas or eucharisteo. And you don't have to, we're not going to be quiz afterwards, Tony. I know you'll, you, have a, you have a good memory. You'll be remember all these things. We're not going to have a quiz, but I want you to think about the different ways to say thank you. The first one is steo, okay? And that is just, it's a sense of being grateful and feeling thankful. Do you feel in your core thankfulness. And what does that do to you when you start feeling thankful? Like I was sitting on my couch preparing this message and I was just listening to the sounds going on around me in my own home and my my kids were there and they had some friends over and they were laughing and I know my my wife was upstairs and she was safe. Our granddaughter was sleeping in her bed um, at our house and I was just feeling thankful. To the point where sometimes it, it kind of wells up inside of you. Um, and for me, and I know I'm a guy, but I'll just be honest with you, sometimes it brings tears to my eyes. It's just a real sense of gratitude. God, I'm so thankful. Like really, the, the idea is, is I don't really deserve any of these things that I'm experiencing right now, but you've given them to me anyway. And I feel thankful for that. And, and before I go any further, all three of these words are all really centered around this idea of God's grace, unmerited favor in your life. That's what it's all, kind of, the, all, the thankfulness comes out of God's grace. Like you didn't do anything to deserve it, but he gives it to you anyway, okay? The next one is stia. It is S-T-I-A is the last few parts of this word. And it is uh, a, uh, once again, it's centered around God's grace, thankful for God's grace, and it's literally giving thanks for God's grace. So it's a, it's a speaking it out, speaking it forward. Okay, so when you actually speak the words to be thankful and give thanks, and you use your words to do that. So it's a, it starts out with a feeling, then it comes out, and it comes out of your mouth. You say, I just want to say thank you. You know what the most powerful teenagers, you young guys that have stayed in here, you know what's the most powerful thing you can say to anybody that's in authority over you, especially your parents? It's just thank you. 
And, and don't, and it's got to be authentic, though. It needs to be real. doesn't mean to be like, oh, I'll say thank you. That if way I get some more. Like, I'll say thank you if you give me something. No, I'm just thankful. And I just want to say thank you for what you do for me. Parent, is that true, parents? Parents, you just think, man, I just expect just simple thank you. Like, my kids would just say thank you. There's something powerful about that. We teach them that. It's the, the magic words, right? Barney, Barney had it down, you know. Barney, please and thank you. There are the magic words. Something about that. And then the last one is stas, S-T-O-S, Eucharistas. And the, here's the, the kind of the unique thing about this particular word is it's only used one time in the New Testament, and it's in the book of Colossians. And, we'll, and I'll read, we'll read, we'll kind of go through the verses and I'll explain it to you. But let's break it down just a little bit more. When you think about the Eucharistas, the U-E-U, Okay, it means to be well. It's a sense of wellness. To be well with you. It goes, it's going to go well with you. And then in the middle is this word. It's a Greek word called haridzomai. Haridzomai. And it means to grant freely. To give something freely. And so the thought is this. We are well... We are to be well off because of the gift that is God, the, the gift that God has given us so freely. It is His grace. It is that unmerited favor that we are to be thankful for. That's where our gratitude comes out of. Okay, so let's look at Colossians. If you have your Bible with you, look at Colossians, and we'll start out at um, right there in the very first chapter. It says in verse three, "We always thank God." Steo. We always feel thankful, and we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Paul's thinking about the church. When I think about you, when I think about you, when I see your face, I see you around the town, I see you on Facebook, and I see you coming, walking in the door, I have this feeling of thankfulness, and it says we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. And we say, God, I just feel so grateful for these people you've put in my life. Let's go to verse 11 and 12. It says, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks. There it is again. That's the steo. That's the feeling of gratitude. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So he's now saying, I want you to feel thankful for that God has qualified you Because of what Christ has done, God has qualified you to share in an incredible inheritance. That's the blessing. Yeah, amen. This inheritance is better than anything you're going to eat on Thursday. Because what you're going to eat on Thursday, let's not get too graphic, but it's going to come and go. All right? That's just reality. It's true. (laughs) Amen. And later on that night, you'll be hungry again, you know, and the cycle will continue. We hope that it continues, all right? And so if, um, when you look at this, when you think of giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you, that feeling of gratitude is much deeper than just surface-level things. Okay, are you with me so far? You get that? Okay. So let's look then over Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding 
in thanksgiving. Okay? Abounding in, now this is stia. Okay, this is, it's different now. It's not just feeling it. You are to abound in speaking it. Listen. If you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, meaning you've put your hope in Jesus, and you know without a doubt where your eternity is held, you should not be able to contain your gratefulness because of that thought. And Brady is the only one that's encouraging me right now. And I know you're there, you're listening, but you're, listen, don't be afraid. We're supposed to shout, we're supposed to shout it out, you know, proclaim. Don't be afraid. Um, listen, there was a friend of mine who was telling me, he said, man, I'm going to come visit your church, I'm going to come visit your church. And I told him, I said, you know what? He goes to a church where they're not afraid to shout it out. <laughs> and I said, my, my fear is, and I, you've heard me say this before, my fear is you're just going to be bored. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, we're just not very expressive. We're all just pretty white. Look around you. But I'm thankful for you. <laughs> I'm feeling it. It's stale. And I'm, st- see, I'm speaking it out. So he says, he says, abounding in thanksgiving. Like, I just can't help but being so, are we, are we thankful for the things that we have in our life? Man, you guys, you guys get a new pair of shoes. You, get, you win a game. Whatever it is that you've got going on as a young person or an old person, it doesn't matter. Are you thankful for it? And do you speak it out? Yeah, we do, man. I'm man, so, man, this is awesome. But this is, this is a different kind, different level we're speaking of here. Look over at Colossians chapter 3. He's really starting to get deep now. Colossians chapter 3. Let's start, let's start at, uh, let's just go through verse 12 through 17. So he, he's, he's writing to the church and he's telling them, all right, here's some things that you need to put off. You need to put these things aside. And there's a good list of things we need to be done with as followers of Jesus. And then he says, now there's some things I want you to put on. I, I think about this stage. And when they do productions here, I, I, was, I saw this the other day. They had just racks of costumes racks of costumes that these students were going to put on. Did anybody come see the play this last, the ones that were here? I, it looked like it was pretty, it was pretty well done. The, the lady works really hard because we've developed a neat relationship with the drama teacher. And so they put on these costumes to portray a, a character, right? Okay, now, in the Christian life, we're, it's not acting. We're not acting. Okay, but we are to clothe ourselves or put on these certain things. And it says that we are to put on, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Dress yourself in kindness. Wear humility. Be meek. Be patient. Bear with one another. All right? Bear with one another. And, uh, and if one has a complaint against another one, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. And above all, here's this costume that we all must have, this thing we, got, we have to put on. Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And then it says, now here's, here's where stios, 
or stas, not sios. Here's where stas is coming. The only time it's ever used in the New Testament. Listen. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Listen. The peace of Christ cannot rule in your heart unless you are first exercising eucharistos, the gratefulness, the gratitude, the, the feeling, the overwhelming feeling that I am well, that it's all okay because Christ has already done everything he's needed to do for me. I'm okay because of that. And I'm okay even when everything else around me is falling apart. Even when I don't have enough to eat. Do you think there are people in the world that are going to be thankful on Thursday even if they don't have enough to eat? You'd be surprised. There will be people. There'll be people who have so much food that they'll throw most of it away that aren't grateful at all. That's the world we live in. We are to be overwhelmed with gratitude because what Christ has already done for us. And it says, And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness, that's steo, that, that feeling of gratitude, in your hearts to God, and whatever you do in word or deed, in everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving steo, thanks to God the Father through him. Listen, I had a conversation with a, 20-year-old young man the other day. And he said to me, I've kind of tried the whole church thing and I don't really see the blessings in it. Almost like, what has God done? What has God done for me? What has God done for me? I said, well, just based on the fact you're still breathing right now, he's done a lot. Because there's no reason you deserve to breathe one more breath. None of us do, really. Ultimately. You think about it. And then I said, you know what? Apart from all of the physical things that I've seen God bless this young man with, apart from all of that, let's just get down to the root. Let's get down to the Eucharistas. Let's look at the fact that you have been freely given life that lasts forever. And you've done nothing to deserve it. Matter of fact, we've all done lots of things to not deserve it. (laughs) Every single one of us. The best person in this room, your best is nothing compared to God's least. (laughs) It's just not. And so so I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this thought and this word. and, And so as I was doing some study, listen what it says in this book of Colossians and, and some of the more, more of the passages in chapter 1 that we didn't read, listen to this. Here, listen, here's why you are to be thankful. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Listen, God in his mercy and grace delivered you out of darkness and placed you into a kingdom of light is this resonating at all listen if this if if this doesn't touch you 
I'm not talking about my words, but I'm talking about this truth. If this doesn't touch you, then there's nothing on earth that's going to make any difference for you. There's nothing on earth that's going to be better than this. I bet my life on it. Brady bets his life on it. There's nothing. Listen to this. It goes on to say, For God was pleased to have all of his fullness, all of God's fullness, dwell in Christ, and through Jesus to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus made peace with God through the shedding of his blood so that you could be then reconciled to God. Your broken relationship fixed Listen, I sat in a divorce court a long time ago where the judge looked at me and says, your marriage is irreconcilable. It's done. It's finished. There's no hope. And apart from Christ, that's your relationship with God right now. It's broken, and you can't do anything to fix it. I was, I was bankrupt at that point. I had nothing I could do to make that marriage last. And in your relationship with God, it's the same way. Apart from Jesus, who reconciled himself all things, through the shedding of his blood, making peace on the cross. Now once it says you were alienated from God, so you're separated, and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Remember I said all of us have been there. And now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free of accusation. That, my friends, is why I am so thankful. But you know what the problem is? I think we've lost, this is a weird phrase that just came to mind, we've lost that loving feeling. <laughs> All of a sudden the lights go out and the spotlight comes on. <laughs> I have a three-piece suit on and a microphone in my hand and hair. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> but the reality is, I know I, know I, I make light, but, but we've lost our wonder. And listen, I say we because it's me sometimes too. We've forgotten what it's felt like to be alienated from God. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you feel that way right now. My young 20-year-old friend is lost. The crazy thing is, is he knows the gospel and he's seen God's goodness in his life. But he's betting that the world has something better for him. He's betting it. He's betting his life on it right now. And I told him, I said, look, my friend, Scripture says the wages of sin is death. No matter what you believe, no matter where you want to stand, the absolute truth is, is when you walk in sin, you're going to experience death of some kind. finish with this story in uh, Luke chapter 17 there were 10 lepers that came to Jesus it says all 10 of them came and they were uh, wanting Jesus to make them clean he says master have mercy on us have mercy on us 
And he told him, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. And then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And then Jesus asked an obvious question. He says, weren't there ten? Where are the other nine? The one that came back was a Samaritan. He, wasn't even, he was a foreigner. He should be the, the last one you would think that would come back and give praise and to say thanks for this gift that had been given to him. And Jesus said, rise, go on your way because your faith has made you well. I was reading a sermon about this Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, that Eucharistas. And this quote, the, the guy's name is Richard, uh, Dr. Richard Allen Bodie. He was a, a professor of uh, practical theology at a seminary in Jackson, Mississippi. And he, 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 he quoted, he said a couple different things. He said, the Christian life is a song of thanksgiving a glad and joyous hymn of praise to God. That is the Christian life. And then he gave some real practical things of what uh, true thankfulness should look like. And you know what? I don't, I don't have enough time to process through all of those. And so if you, if you follow us on Facebook, I'll post them, I'll post them on, on Facebook. And then he finishes with this thought. He says, Would, he said, yeah, he quoted this guy named William Law, who was this, this mystic, just like this ancient writer. And he, he said, would you know who is the greatest saint? Like, who, who's the best follower of Jesus in this room? Most of us would agree that it's not me. You'd say that to yourself. Or you most agree that it's not me, your pastor, either. Like, who is, my, probably my wife. I mean, she's, but listen. Is it not the man, or it's not the man, it says, who does most or even prays the most? It is the man who is the most thankful. It is the man who is the most thankful. So here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to... um, we're going to sing, and I don't really know how to do it, but we're going to sing. <laughs> I know we're going to do that. And then while we're singing, if, um, if, you, if you would honor me in this, if you feel led to do this, I would, I would ask that you just come as we're singing, and... Um, I would just come and tell me what it is you're thankful for. I'm just going to stand up here, and I want you to just come up and tell me. And if you want to stay and pray, you can. If you just want to go back, right back to your seat. But I think it's something powerful about, about that, the, uh, that first part of being thankful. We need to speak it out. You know, we feel it, and we need to speak it out. What are you thankful for? And then before you leave today, um, I want to make sure that... Uh, 
this is just shameless advertising, but it's the best way to do it. Listen, I want to make sure everybody, we got a bunch of these out on the table. Take five of these. Everybody take five. All right? And pass them out. Invite people to come this Christmas season as we build up to Christmas Eve. By the way, no church on Christmas Day. Everybody look to the person next to you if you're close to somebody. No church on Christmas Day. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't worship on Christmas Day. Right there in your own home, the birth of Jesus, just celebrate that. But we just want to free all of our volunteers up and free you up to say, you know what, I don't have to make that decision. I'm going to be with my family. But Christmas Eve will be in here, and that will be our worship service for that weekend. So please come, bring your friends, bring your family. Okay. So as we worship, come. Tell me what it is that you're thankful for. And if you want to stay and pray, stay and pray. And, and uh, voice that to God. Voice it. And uh, make, let that be uh, your time of uh, worship and imitation here.